In this episode of Watch Time, we have Jim Cermak back on the podcast. He is a trade show coach and host of Trade Show University podcast. We spoke to him a year ago at the beginning of the pandemic to talk about how events were going virtual. So now we touch base again to talk about virtual events and the future of trade shows and how people have been using video to create an immersive experience right after this. You're listening to Watch Time, supercharged video marketing tips for the savvy small business owner and the modern mid-market professional with Flex Media's Kathy Taylor and Bill Barona. Hi, and welcome back to Watch Time. I'm Kathy Taylor, and I'm here with our owner and lead videographer, Bill Barona. How you doing, Bill? I'm good, Kathy. Excited to be back for another podcast episode. Yeah, I feel like if you listen to our previous episode... Um, about the Wistia report, we definitely tease this one a lot. Yeah, and I am really excited that we are joined by Jim Cermak again on our podcast. Jim, how are you doing? I'm doing awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. And and it's really nice because we have beautiful weather here in Northeast Ohio, <laughs> which is a long time coming. Oh, it yeah. just makes you happier, right? Like, oh, I just feel my like gosh, it's like yes. better vibes, even if even though we're all inside right now, it's just you can look out and see some blue. <laughs> yes, yes. Awesome. That's awesome. Well, to start us off, Jim, why don't uh, why don't you? I, I know like some people have probably listened to the last episode with you, so we're excited to have you back. But why don't you give us just a little background um, about you and uh, tell us a little bit about what you've been up to since we last spoke and what's going on? Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, I am the uh, for anyone who doesn't know, I'm the host of the Trade Show University podcast for virtual and live events, and and my podcast did a lot of twists and turns over the last year as. Uh, a few months into uh, launching the podcast, the the whole trade show world uh, disappeared, as did people wanting to listen to a podcast about trade shows. But uh, it was the cool thing is technology. Technology has just brought everything to a whole different place and allowed people to still do trade shows, events, conferences, a lot of people to get together. And and, uh, and I know we've all been Zoomed uh, like crazy, but how awesome has that been? You know, you think about being able to see people face to face and and still be able to connect at some level. It's not the same as in person, but as, still be able to connect. But my, you know, my, my podcast shifted to all virtual and uh, talking about virtual events, that is, and virtual event platforms and tips and tricks for how to get better results from your virtual events as, as people, you know, and businesses started to go, Oh my gosh, you know, what do we do and how do we do this? And they, they kind of stumbled out of the gate and now a, a virtual event that you will uh, attend today looks way different than what we attended one year ago. You know, the, the, uh, the sophistication and the technology and the tools available have just become so much better. And the video production has gotten off the charts uh, so much better uh, since, uh, since last time. So, so my, uh, you know, my podcast has shifted from uh, physical trade shows to virtual events. And now we're starting to come back around to uh, seeing live events come around again. It's so exciting because the world needs it. The, the economy needs it. So many jobs are, are affected by having live events uh, going again. So it's exciting to see what's happening out in the world. Touching on that a little bit, I mean, you you kind of went over like what you've been seeing, you know, the last year. Um, I know people were really just trying to experiment and get into this virtual trade show event. 
um, you know, sphere. And, um, you know, I, I almost wonder, like, are you seeing like some people now finally maybe getting the hang of it while things are op potentially opening up again? Um, and, you know, trying to, I, I know people may have seen a lot of value in those virtual events, but then they also have, you know, things coming back. So can you just talk a little bit more about, um, you know, what you've seen and, and kind of where we're at right now with the shift? Absolutely. And yeah, kind of like what I said, we stumbled, stumbled out of the gate. You know, when, when COVID hit, it was right at the beginning of what is traditionally a very busy time of year with trade shows and events that springtime. So you see a huge, huge number of events and all of them got canceled and you had the companies going, okay, what do we do? What do we do? And some of them decided, okay, we're not going to do anything. Others decided, well, we're going to do something. <laughs> we are going to, uh, and maybe just do something on our own. So inst instead of, you know, our, the industry event that we were going to be part of that got canceled, but what we're going to do is maybe do something on our own and maybe host our own little virtual trade show with product showcase and things like that. And it was very clunky and clumsy, but you know what? It was something. It was something. A lot of companies were doing that. And then, and then there were a lot of uh, webinar platforms that were already existing. And so uh, you saw a, a resurgence or really uh, an increase in the number of webinars that were available. And so you had companies going out there and giving that educational content and maybe doing some product showcases and things like that through webinars. And over time, more and more technology became available. You saw more and more uh, virtual event platforms start to spring up and the technology getting better, the, the features getting better, more robust. And what we saw, especially over the first uh, maybe six months of the pandemic was a lot of companies and organizations that were trying to replicate a trade show in a virtual space and not the best way to go about it. You have to transform because you have to realize that your audience is not, they're not face-to-face -face anymore. You can't, you, you can't rely on all the magic that happens on the trade show floor with all the sights and sounds and smells and everything that's going on. That is just not happening through a screen. So, and also they lost the interactivity, you know, they lost the being able to uh, really talk one-on-one -on -one with people and communicate uh, more effectively. So you saw then more tools and more of a push towards how do we engage with our audience? How do we do get better engagement? So you see more tools and more, uh, more of an emphasis on engagement, which is really, I think, taken help help with results. It's helped with the, the results and the overall experience of the attendees to where we are now that uh, the visually uh, they look like a video of a of an actual event of an actual trade show floor a huge conference center they're really stunning really they that, it's amazing what the what they do and uh, being able to have that better experience overall is really where we've come in, in just one year's time we've seen a just a huge shift so but still it's not a live event. It is not a live event, but we're, but the, but the virtual uh, place has, has uh, we've gone so far from an, from an actual experience so that when you're sitting behind your desk, you're not bored. You're not, you feel like you're part of an event again. So that that's been great to see. One thing that I think was kind of interesting and like Kathy and I touched on it in our previous podcast was like, I feel like 
there's a lot of companies that I had never heard of in our space, for example, that maybe they would have gone to like a larger event, like maybe like a National Association of Broadcasters or a social media marketing world. Maybe they were a sponsor or they had like a smaller event within their event, like a half day or something. And I've noticed a lot of those companies were putting on like not necessarily trade shows, but they're doing like all day webinars or things like that. And I feel like it had to have gotten them a lot of exposure because some of these places I've never heard of them. But then I'm like, well, I'll go to your event. I got a half a day or I got a couple hours and I want to see that speaker. I want to learn about that topic. So do you, do you see like maybe some industries that maybe benefited from, you know what, we can't be at that conference. So we're just going to have our own webinar and, and kind of go from there. You did see a lot of that. And, and I think it was a lot of hit and miss, but I've talked with some show organizers that, that put on smaller regional events and they said, you know, at our small regional event, we would maybe get three, 400 people to show up live and which was a, which was a great event, you know, a nice packed room and we had great speakers and things like that. But then they went virtual and the virtual, and they were, you know, just very apprehensive about doing it, but they put on the best event they could and they would get 2000 people and people from all over the world, people that would never have ever gotten on a plane for eight hours to travel to that one day event and maybe never even heard of that event, but mm -hmm. because of marketing, because of the internet and technology, they were able to participate. So what I see is uh, when I'm describing this, I see a glimpse into the future because uh, I think hybrid is really the future of, of where this is going to go and not uh, hybrid for, for a show organizer, it's going to be much more complex because you have to plan your event for a, your live audience. Mm -hmm. And you have to plan almost a separate event, even though it's the same event, you have to plan separate for your virtual audience because of the way you have to interact with that audience and how, you, how are you going to pull them in? But now, I mean, think about this. This is something I, I just had a discussion with someone recently. Think about when you're going and you're sitting at a keynote, uh, keynote event, keynote speech, and it's a fantastic speech or, or not, you know, we've been to those as well, <laughs> and, but there's, it's all one way you're, you're hearing information and, and, and it's all one way and, and you leave and maybe you got some great info or whatever, but think about this now, you know, now if we're at a virtual event now, maybe we're dropping questions in the chat. Maybe we're dropping comments in the chat. Maybe mm -hmm. we're talking to other people who are also you're, you're private messaging somebody who also maybe put up a, a comment or a question. And we're, we're, uh, we're interacting with that person in the chat. Now let's take us to a live event. Maybe everyone's got their phone out and now the, the person's giving the keynote and everybody has the opportunity to engage and send questions in. And maybe that, maybe the keynote speaker will have a time for Q and A at the end and they will aggregate questions that come in from the audience. Or maybe they'll have someone who is halfway around the world uh, checking out the, the, the event remotely and they bring them on a screen to to ask their question live right to the speaker. So I think there's huge opportunities to bring in and really add to the overall experience for people, whether you're live or whether you're remote, to really up the level of engagement and up the, uh, the satisfaction overall and results of these events. I think uh, the, the whole hybrid just has huge, huge opportunities to, for, for everything to get better. It's interesting because we, we've done, talked about this in a couple episodes now where we've kind of just wanted to touch on virtual events and, and 
you know, video and virtual events. And Kathy and I keep giving the advice to all the people listening that, you know, it it is going to be that hybrid world is what we were kind of predicting too, because you figure you've got bosses that, you know, don't want to send people to trade shows necessarily because they're like, well, you could be here and then you could just, you know, don't have the travel expenses or anything like that. But then even from an attendee perspective, like, we feel like that over the last year, a lot of people have seen the value in being able to maybe take the day off work, attend the conference from home, and then at the end of the day, instead of having this travel, you know, they can go out in the backyard and spend time with family and grill out or things like that because, you know, time is such a, it's such a precious, you know, it's, it's such a thing, like precious commodity that we don't have. So I feel like it's really kind of, at, like this is allowing people to spend more time with family, but still get that education. So we were kind of, you know, thinking that, I mean, do you see that kind of being like you were saying, like with virtual, do you see that more in, in the bosses and more in like the attendees, like kind of not wanting to go to all these conferences all the time? Well, I think, I think this is going to evolve. I think mm-hmm. this is going to evolve because right now everyone was forced to not travel to a live event. So mm-hmm. you didn't have the opportunity and we've all, all of a sudden, you know, the, the world was put on pause and we started looking around and going, wow, I like having this time with my family. I like this uh, being able to just enjoy and relax. And, and instead of the 45-minute commute into the office, I have the 45-step commute into the <laughs> office. You know? And so I'm saving an hour and a half or, you know, depending on what your commute time is. But you're saving all of that time, which now, you know, uh, you're, you're putting towards things that may be really important in your life that you just weren't, you weren't paying attention to before. And also I I know for, for myself being in my home office, I don't have all the distractions of being in a regular office. You know, I don't have those uh, as, as great as they are. You don't have those uh, conversations with coworkers. You don't have the, uh, you know, the, the, the stopping by and seeing somebody and all of a sudden you get into a conversation and, and, you know, uh, so there's definitely good and bad of it, but here in a home office, if you have the discipline, you could be so focused and get way more done in a shorter period of time, just because you don't have the commute, you don't have the, the other, other uh, distractions. Of course, some of us at home have kids, have pets, have other things that, that provide a whole different level of distraction, but you still have that the, the flexibility you have the the reduced commute I think that has been really really good from a from a uh, attendance standpoint from a conference I think what you said Bill is exactly right I think that's going to play out is that uh, companies especially uh, organization leaders are going to be making choices as to which of these events do I want to attend live because of whatever reason mm-hmm. and which ones do I say I want to I want to interact or, or I you know I was invited to be a keynote speaker maybe I can be a keynote speaker from my home because I have other commitments or I know over the years I've been involved with so many different companies in different industries and we're doing trade shows. And during the the spring and the fall are typically the busiest trade show times. And a lot of shows that are in uh, complementary industries, they overlap with each other. They might be in the same week or they, you wouldn't have be able to get from one to the other to make the entire event. So now we can go one live and one virtual so I can attend both or, or do both virtual and send, uh, send my teams to the live, you know, whatever it might be that might work. I think you're going to have just a whole different decision-making process 
for especially like you said the leaders and those that that are really time stretched and trying to figure out how do i best juggle all this we now have more options or we're going to have more options going forward and i think that kind of plays into my next question too and that's what i was like working <laughs> on trying to set you up for oh, you know well done. <laughs> like what what advice would you give somebody maybe that's listening that maybe they they want to plan a virtual event or even if you know, I, I did see there are a few people that, that we're friends with and we follow on, on Instagram and Facebook that they have gone and were able to do some in-person um, events, depending on the state they were going to. So is there any advice you'd give to somebody listening? Like if they're at this point, you know, if you're setting up a virtual event or maybe you're looking at doing a hybrid, like what's something that they, uh, you know, you would give them to kind of start to think about? If you're looking at doing your own event, and you're trying to first thing you have to do is you have to pick what is the platform we're doing are we going to do a just something really simple and we're going to have like a zoom type webinar which is really easy that's one thing but if you really want to the people to have an experience of an event and you're looking at a virtual a true virtual event platform that allows you to have exhibitors and sponsors and and speakers and all sorts of different tracks and everything like that then the first thing i would say is as you're doing your your due diligence and trying to figure out which platform do I go with, make sure there are now a couple of third party companies and services that will help match your needs to platforms because there's literally hundreds of platforms out there and you're not going to sit through demos of hundreds of companies. Nobody has that kind of time. So see if, uh, if maybe, maybe you've been attended a, an event and you like, you, you know, Hey, I want to at least check out this one or these two. That's one thing. But if you can have uh, someone help guide you and help narrow the field to maybe three or four different platforms, and then start going into what meets your budget, what meets your ultimate goals and needs and things like that. But whatever you figure out when you get down to those top two, maybe, watch a complete event so don't don't sit just through their demo because they're going to show you the best they're sales reps i mean as great as they are i'm sure they're they want to sell you they want to sell you something so make sure you sit through an entire event with them uh not just a quick you know 30 minute demo or however long their demo might be go and see how it's run how is it interacted talk with the people that ran the event how was this company to work with? What were they like? So go through the complete event to see, do you really like how it works and is it going to meet your best needs? Then once you do make that final selection, you wanna go through your own event at least twice. Okay, complete event, start to finish, run it twice. And I want you to look at it, first of all, through the eyes of you Okay, the event, uh, the show pr producer, how, how is this? Are we working all the bugs out of it? Make sure that it's going to run as smoothly as possible. Then you want to run through it again, and you want to look at it from the eyes, through the eyes of an attendee. And you want to say, how was this experience? Was this engaging? Was I bored? Was it, you know, whatever it is. And, but look at it a couple different ways. So by the time you have your live event, you have thought through everything. And then as you're going through that, also think about your sponsors, think about your exhibitors, all the different stakeholders that have, they're going to be part of this and work out, uh, go through all the questions and problems ahead of time. It will pay for itself 10 times over uh, versus have running into these issues live during the events. So that, that's what I would, uh, those are the, my 
piece of advice for anyone who is looking to hold their own event? That's great advice. I mean, really thinking about, you know, what you're, you know, who's watching and how to cater, you know, best to, to people in person and, you know, also, um, you know, offering uh, the virtual experience. And then of course, like there's always some kind of technical challenges going on with a virtual event. You know, some of them you can't prevent, but by at least going through it a couple of times, hopefully you get some of those hiccups out and, um, you know, it, you can correct anything that you need to there and kind of get an idea of like what it's really going to look like. Um, so one, one thing that we need to ask, of course, as a, a video production company is how you're seeing video um, being used in virtual events, like um, both on, on the, um, the you know, sessions and, and viewer and educational side, but also with exhibitors and their booths, because, um, you know, for in-person in shows, um, you know, Bill and I would always produce videos that either were maybe playing in the background of the booth or maybe they were having, you know, um, it was an opportunity to get some video footage with customers. Um, and then with the virtual event, I mean, of course, it's very heavily video. Some of it's live, um, some of it's pre-recorded. I know we're working with a company that is choosing to pre-record their, um, their sessions with their speakers, but then they'll do the live Q&A. So it's kind of like minimizing that risk um, by, you know, having that solid session, but then still being there to um, have that exchange with attendees. So how are you kind of seeing people use video, both again on, on the um, attendee side and learning and then, you know, um, vendors or, or um, exhibitor, exhibitors as well? I'm sure there's a lot of opportunity there. Oh, there, there sure is. And I love that you brought up the, the pre-recorded sessions because I've been involved in a couple of those and that is the way to go. That is absolutely the way to go because as, as an exhibitor or not as an exhibitor, as a speaker, when I'm, uh, when I'm in a pre-recorded versus live, when I'm pre-recorded while my, while my speech is going and my presentation is going, I can watch the chat and be ready to answer questions because that's, that's when the questions come in. So in, I don't have to wait until the very end and then be, I don't want to say blindsided by a question, but I could better prepare an answer and, and maybe even reply to some during the actual presentation itself. But it's a great way and, uh, to, for the speaker to, uh, to interact. Also, though, like you said, you're minimizing the risk of something going wrong. Okay. Oh, that, and we've all been there. <laughs> you know, the, the, the speaker comes on and there's no audio. There's yes. no, you know, something's wrong with the video. The lighting's weird. Yeah. You know, what they have to, they have the silhouette cause they have the light right behind They're standing in front of a window. <laughs> so, right. And, right. And we're, and we're all, uh, we are all, you know, at the mercy of our, of the camera and our laptop for the most part, unless we, you know, we invest in one of those better cameras. But so I have, uh, so I, I applaud that approach to it. What I have seen, especially recently, that is so amazing is using video to create an immersive experience environment virtually. Okay. So I will, I'll, I can't mention any company names. I was just, uh, uh went through a round of judging with the virtual event awards. So I was, uh, I'm working with the uh, Virtual Events Institute and I was uh, honored to be one of the judges with the for the virtual event awards. And so I got to see some of the best of the best 
uh, virtual events and exhibits that just were absolutely mind blowing. And one of them was a, uh, it was an airline, not a major airline, but it was an airline that took people uh, to four different countries and, and just totally immersive experience and the high definition video through the mountainsides and onto the, uh, onto a beach. And, and each one, you learn something different about that, about the airline and, and, and just such an amazing experience. I mean, you were just blown away by the high quality video and then, and you were just very receptive to everything because of that, because they, they did it in such an amazing way. So that was one thing. And another was a, it was an insurance company, <laughs> which was very strange. And they did a virtual whiskey tasting. So what they did was they combined the physical and the digital. So they sent everybody out, all the attendees, uh, they, they spent quite a bit of money of sending out uh, these packs of little, little bottles of whiskey and and then they had expert whiskey tasters and they had this very high, high definition video as they're, they're pouring and they're sniffing and they're tasting and they're describing. And it was just such a, such a cool thing. I didn't get to, to taste anything <laughs> as a judge, which is fine, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but it was just such a cool use of the video and they, they took you into the plants and how it was made. And, and it was just, it was uh, just incredible, just incredible to see. So, so I am seeing video being used as an experiential uh, portion of the, of the show, of the event to really draw people in and not only draw them in, but think about this. If you're, when you go at a live event and you go into a booth, you might be in there for a couple of minutes. When you get someone to be part of an immersive experience, I mean, they, they could have you there for 20 minutes. And you're enjoying every minute of it. You don't feel like you're being sold. You don't feel like you're going through a presentation. You are just part of an immersive experience. And the cool thing, and I'll, let me go back to the, the whiskey tasting thing, because it doesn't match insurance and whiskey. Okay. It doesn't match. But what they did was I thought was very interesting. And I don't know how the results will play out from this, but they looked at it and they said, okay, this is a very boring industry. <laughs> and we want to do something different. So they said, okay, here is our target market. Here's our sweet spot. What is another ancillary market that has the exact same demographics? And they said, people who like high-end whiskey is the same as our key customers. And so they said, we're going to take that leap of faith that some of our key customers, since they're in the same demographic, probably also like high-end whiskey. Let's take them through a whiskey tasting. So very unique, very memorable, took a little bit of a risk and uh, we'll see if it uh, pays off for them. I'm not, you know, it, uh, I'm guessing it will. I'm guessing it will from, from, uh, for no other reason that it was super unique and super memorable. So uh, let's see. So that is how I'm seeing video used in a really, really amazing way uh, to, to really create that experience when you're sitting at home in front of your screen. I love that, like how you made that point about, you know, 
you, you have people's attention. I mean, it's yours to lose when they're sitting in front of your computer. So why not create that immersive experience and really take advantage of the time, you know, that you have people's attention, but I like the whiskey tasting too. And it's so cool that you were part of that judging panel. Like that's so neat to be able to see like the best of the best. Um, but I'm sorry that you missed out on the whiskey. That, that's, <laughs> that's all right. I'm not going to swayed your opinion. Okay. But if it was wine um, tasting, I would have been all over it. But. Well, and I, <laughs> I mean, I've done, my husband and I just, you know, have done some, we did a virtual cheese tasting, we did a virtual beer tasting, just little events, you know, locally. Um, And it really makes you feel connected with people. So I think, you know, not only, you know, besides the point that like they found that that um, their target audience also enjoys that and also enjoys whiskey. It's a great way, I think, to bring that like networking um, atmosphere to the show where normally, you know, it's, you know, whatever time people would start to bring out some cocktails at cocktail hour at a trade show. So that's a really cool way to kind of, um, you know, um, provide that experience too, where everybody's relaxed and they're engaged and, and have a little bit of fun too. So that's, that's really neat. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a, like I said, be unique. And that's, that's something that I would say for anybody, whether you're doing a virtual event, live event, be memorable in a good way. In a good way. We've, we've all seen those booths that are memorable in a very bad way or, or they're memorable, but you can remember what they did, but you can't remember what company was that? What did they do? You know, that's, that's not being memorable in a good way. Make sure that people know who you are and, and what you do. And to some, something that, uh, and maybe you've seen this before, I've been at a live events and seen a ma- magician at a booth that's doing these uh, up-close magic tricks, and someone who's uh, going to be on an, a, a, an upcoming episode of my my podcast is Scott Tokar, who is one of the, one of the most well-known corporate magicians in the world. He's, he's got a, a, a trade show, that's all he does is trade shows but he is one of the most accomplished magicians in the world. And he does this so well in integrating, not only drawing a crowd, but integrating the message so that everyone understands who they're there to, why they're there to, to see them and what are the key selling points and things like that. So uh, make sure you are very memorable, whether you're bringing someone in from the outside or you're just doing it for you and your company, create that theme, create that brand, but make it memorable. So when people leave their booth, they, they're like, wow, that was, I remember that booth. And I remember, and I want, I'm, I'm looking forward to, in, you know, talking with them next, next week when I get back to the office. I think it was really interesting too, like when you're talking about the, uh, the airline, because one thing that, that we actually did this past year was we worked with a local um, community development corporation in Cleveland and they, they put on their, um, I guess be like their annual meeting or their, their, it's like their big fundraiser and they normally have it at, at a hall and they have all these people come up and speak and they, they talk about, you know, where the community was, where it's going what the, you know, maybe things that are, have been going on in the past year and, um, they couldn't do it this year. So they wanted to live stream it, but they wanted, they wanted to take it up a notch. They didn't want to just bring people on and have them talk. So we, we actually went out and they hired us to produce all of these marketing style videos where, you know, we were walking through the neighborhood. We were getting shots of um, people in the neighborhood, you know, welcoming people and interviewing business owners. And what was it like going through the pandemic and how did the CDC help? And then we even went and brought like just to make sure everything was done like um, safely where the person could talk and not have to worry about having to give a speech. We talked their keynote speaker, we recorded him and 
he was in the facility and they they worked with another organization to to live stream and they would just bring on you know they had a, a host and it was the executive director and then they would just bring up okay we're going to talk about you know where we've been and, and how things have been going and then you know they brought up you know we hit a rough patch this year we're going to show you some businesses and how they overcame this and it was really um it was interesting because when we created them i thought the videos were were, were good and um, I've tuned in to watch the, uh, the live web streaming and it was, it was like an immersive experience one after another. And the, their executive director did a nice job at, you know, bringing you to the next, to the next thing and then taking you to the next thing. And then they would bring in a couple people on zoom just to maybe talk for a little bit, just to have that, still have that live interaction. So it, it's interesting to see how people are, are really using video, like you're saying, to kind of do their own thing and draw people in and make them feel like they're, they're part of it when you're using video, especially when you're using video, but when you're, you're doing these events, think, you know, with the end in mind, if I was familiar with the Stephen Covey book, uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, it's begin with the end in mind. So what is it that you want your audience to take away? The person that, that, that is watching your video, what do you want them to leave with? What do you want them to do? Is there a call to action? What kind of feeling? Do you want them to feel encouraged? Do you want them to feel angry? Do you want them to to feel uh, uh, empowered? What is it that you want them to feel so that they do take action and engage with you or get involved in your cause or whatever it is? So think about that. And that will help you plan better so that you have the results that you're looking for, but but you got to think with the end in mind. That's amazing advice. You know, I think that goes back to like how we are always emphasizing strategy and in, in everything you know you do with video and, and really with your marketing in general. Um, so I mean, that's something we can't emphasize enough. Um, and we we really appreciate you sharing all your advice. You know, from what you've seen as as you've witness these virtual trade shows. Um, but we also know that you've been working on your podcast a lot and that's really grown since we last spoke too. So is there any information that you've learned from past interviews or any that you want to share any past episodes you think that would be really applicable and important for people to check out? Well, thank you so much. I, I appreciate the, uh, appreciate the kind words and I'm, I just have so much fun with it because I love, I love trade shows. I love events. I'm kind of an odd person that way, but, uh, I just, I just think that they're the best marketing tool because of they're so multifaceted. But as far as what I have learned from my, my guests, especially the most recent guests is hope, hope and optimism as we are turning the corner and getting back to getting beyond the pandemic and people are, and businesses are clamoring to get back to live events. I had on uh, just recently, a couple of episodes, I had on the chief sales officer from Caesars Entertainment, Mike Massari, and he talked about what is going on with Caesars and what is going on in the industry. Cause he's also the uh, co-chair of an organization called meetings mean business. And their whole purpose is to really show and highlight the importance that meetings, conferences, live events have on the global economy, have on our communities, that when one one, uh, event is canceled, how many jobs is that that is affecting all the restaurants, the Uber drivers, the, the airlines, the convention centers, it goes on and on. It has this huge ripple effect. And we've lost all of that in the past year. I mean, I, I saw a statistic that said 
uh, of all the events that were planned in the fourth quarter of last year, 97% were canceled. So only 3% actually went on live. <laughs> and, that's crazy. And that's a it, crazy statistic. Yes. But when you think about it, you're like, oh, that makes sense. No it one does. was going anywhere and no one was willing to actually open their doors and say, come on in and risk it. So there's been a lot of uh, a lot of unknowns, a lot of uncertainty in the whole throughout the industry and, and throughout life as to, OK, when we do have a live event, no matter what the size, no matter what the scope, when we have a live event, will anybody come? Will anybody show up? And so from an event organizer standpoint, you're like, OK, am I going to be able to get exhibitors because they want to know if anyone's going to show up and <laughs> they don't want to come if no one's going to be there. And so you have it. So it's tough getting exhibitors. OK, how about if I, how about the sponsors? Oh, well, you know, can't, it's hard to get sponsors if they don't think anyone's going to show up because they want to good, you know, have a good investment. So so there's a lot of unknowns. So talking to people like Mike Massari, talking to uh, uh, someone I just had on recently, uh, Danica Tormolin, who's uh, just an amazing journalist, has been covering the trade show industry for 25 years and just hearing the hope and optimism in their voices and talking about the the shows that are starting to come back live but even the ones where they're like overbooked for later on in the year that companies are so eager to come back that and the attendees have said yeah we're coming back we're coming as soon as you open the doors we're coming because we need to do business again and uh, we have stumbled our way through 2020 and early 2021 we need to be back uh in in front of people and doing business so i'm getting a lot of hope and optimism so uh, for for live events and for all those who are in the virtual event world this isn't the end of the road because hybrid is going to continue to be a big thing and you're going to see i think what you're really going to see which is really cool you're going to see over time a lot of uh, organizations that may have had that annual event maybe they're going to have two or three virtual events in between their big annual event because if you've, if anyone's been, uh, anyone who's out there is listening, you've been to that, maybe that annual event for your industry, for your business, whatever it is, and you go and you see the same people year after year, and it becomes like a, a reunion, right? You get to see those people, even your competitors, you're like, hey, how you doing? You know, it's a, it's just a fun time to get back together with everybody. And it's just like a big reunion. And then we lose that for a full year. And then we get back together again. Why can't we create that year-long community where we're constantly interacting with each other and not just once a year? We're, I think there's, there's huge opportunities there. Uh, so, so all those in the virtual event world and the virtual event platforms, they're not going to go away. I think they're just going to continue to evolve and get better. So evolution is, is what I, that's what I've learned uh, from, from what is going to benefit your audience. I think every episode can, can benefit your audience, but I'm not going to go there. I, although I just did, but <laughs> I, I'm going, I'm going to, uh, I'll give you a, a couple that come to mind. Uh, first one, anyone who's interested in learning about public relations and what is it and how does it apply to me, especially in the world of trade shows and events, I had on an episode with Josh Weiss, who is the founder and president of 10 to 1 PR, and he put on a masterclass on my, on my show. 
He gave every secret, everything that you need to know about public using public relations to grow your business. And especially if you're going to be going to events, how to find the media, how to get them to stop at your booth and give you an, uh, an interview, how, to, I mean, he outlines everything. It's phenomenal. And I'll make sure I get the, the links over to you for to that one. It's outstanding. It's like 45 minutes. It's gold. Every minute is just outstanding. Uh, so listen to that if you're interested in public relations. Uh, another one, Bridget McGowan, who is a, she is a public speaker and she is a girl on fire. She is absolutely amazing. I got to see her live. And after seeing her, it was like a year later when I started my podcast and I reached out to her. I'm like, you've got to be on my podcast and tell people how to actually give a speech, give a presentation. Cause she captivated a room. Like I've never seen anyone do before. And she gives so many great tips on if you're giving a presentation, how to engage the room. And uh, she's just fantastic. Bridget McGowan. She's just outstanding. Uh, and if you want to uh, get a, a peek into the future and what's been happening, uh, like I uh, just mentioned, one of my most recent episodes, Danica Tormolin, who is uh, just knows everybody in the industry and everyone knows her. And she just gives a lot of great insights because she's been going to live events since October. That was the first live event she went to. And she said that was so risky, you know, by by that uh, show promoter, but she's been to like four or five this year and she's been interviewing attendees and she's been interviewing exhibitors and interviewing uh, show organizers and getting, find out what is going on and how is this going? And, and, and she's seen firsthand the, the uh, safety protocols that are in place. And, and so it's a good, if you're interested in trade shows and the behind the scenes and stuff like that, that's an awesome episode. She is just amazing. And, uh, and, uh, oh shoot, I can go on and on, but I'll, I'll stop there. <laughs> I'll stop there. Well, I think there's a lot of great information, though, and I, I definitely send us the links because we'll get those links so people that are listening can check them out. I, I did want to ask you, though, like even outside of your podcast, um, are there any resources that you recommend people check out? Maybe um, like something else online. So like you have your podcast, but are there any videos or is there any like documents, anything that you're like, hey, you need to go here and check these things out as well? Maybe some place where you love to go and learn. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I love podcasts. I, I like I, a podcaster listening to podcasts. I know kind of strange, but I do love podcasts. And for me, I love, I love learning. Uh, I love, I love uh, learning things about entrepreneurship. Um, and I love motivation. So a couple of my favorites are, are they're, they're very well known. I love Ed Milet. Uh, and he's got a show called Max Out uh, and the Ed Milet show. So go check him out. He's got amazing guests he's got some of the some of the most amazing guests and he's very motivational and he's he's, he's just a great uh, interviewer uh, another one of my favorites has been it was the very first podcast i ever heard was a podcast called entrepreneurs on fire where every single episode and there's over three thousand episodes of this one podcast and a different entrepreneur talking about how they've made it and tips for success and so it's very very motivational, especially anyone who's got their own business or looking to uh, get into their own business, check out Entrepreneurs on Fire. So those are a couple of podcasts that, that I love. Um, if you're looking for information about the trade show industry, uh, I would check out, there's a couple of uh, great organizations. Uh, I already mentioned one, Meetings Means Business. Go to Meetings Means Business, and there's a lot of great uh, great tools there and also advocacy. So if you're interested in helping get live events back up and running, there's some advocacy tools there. 
also a couple other organizations, the IAEE, which is the International Association for Exhibitions and Events. Uh, PCMA is another uh, great uh, industry organization. Uh, so any of the big industry organizations have have wonderful, wonderful resources and more have come, they've, they've added more resources because of COVID, I think, because the just for access, for accessibility of those resources. So I think that's fantastic. If anyone's interested in uh, starting their own podcast and saying, oh man, I, I love what Kathy and Bill are doing. And and Jim sounds like he might be excited about podcasting. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I the John Lee Dumas, who is the host of Entrepreneurs on Fire, has a free podcast course, which helped me get started. And he's got great advice. So I'll, I'll give them the, the link to that as well. Um, so the, we could drop that in the show notes if anyone's interested in learning more about podcasting. And one thing that I'm really excited about, I the whole reason I started my podcast to begin with is because I would go to I'd go to events, I'd go to trade shows, and I would see so many exhibitors leave money under the table. Okay, they I and they don't even realize that's the that's the worst part. They think they're doing great or or not, or they leave and they go, oh, that was a bad show. It's because no one was there, or they you know whatever reason. And I am coming up with a a brand new, just getting ready to launch a new program called Trade Show Mastery, which I am taking businesses through 15 different steps uh, on how to get the, the, the best results ever from your event, from your trade show. Most companies do, do like four or five of them really well and skip over some of them completely, but we make sure every single one of the 15. And to start out with, it's the 30 minute free discovery call. 30 minute free discovery call and, and then we'll see if it makes sense for you, for us to maybe work together. So if you want to get over to tradeshowu.biz slash mastery, and you could, you could check that out and uh, just sign up there and we'll, we'll get you uh, onto a uh, free 30 minute call. That's awesome. Thanks so much, Jim. Definitely send that link over to me so that way we can get it in the show notes with all your other links. And we really appreciate all of your time today going through and kind of updating us on where the trade show industry has been going and virtual events and how you've been seeing video use. So we really appreciate your time. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. And, you know, with the video, create that immersive experience. It's all about the watch time. Isn't that right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> it's all about that engagement and people staying on platform. Yes. Uh, and this has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on again. And I'm excited for, for you guys getting out there and doing more and, uh, and just bringing some more high quality video out into the world because we need more high quality video. Yeah, absolutely. We, uh, we, we were just talking about that in our last episode, like telling people, make sure you're not just creating stuff and throwing stuff out there and definitely putting something together that makes sense. The right, the, the, uh, the right video at the right time for the right person. So definitely. Absolutely. Absolutely. So. Yeah. We, you're such a resource, Jim. We really appreciate it. Um, you know, please reach out to Jim. He's a great trade so show coach and, and definitely check out his podcast trade show university podcast, um, and all the other resources that we will definitely share as well. Um, and I just want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, as always, we encourage you to ask us questions, share your thoughts and topics on um, the podcast. You can email us at info at flexmediacle.com. You can direct message us on our social channels at flexmediacle on Instagram, Twitter. 
Um, let us know how we're doing, rate us, leave us a review, um, subscribe if you haven't already, because we always have new stuff that we're working on, great resources to help you, whether you're a marketer or a small business. Um, and we just want to make sure that you can be as successful as possible. So thank you everybody for listening and we'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to Watch Time. Make sure to subscribe and share the podcast and leave us feedback on today's episode. That's a wrap.